0: Welcome Hoosier fans to another exciting episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host Jeff Marlowe and tonight I'm joined by the master of the mediocre question, Jay Horry of Assembly Call. This evening we're going to discuss Indiana's 78-65 to 65 win over the number two ranked, AP ranked, Ohio State Buckeyes, they're number five in the coaches poll this way this week. This takes the women's record to a 19 and one overall record and nine and one in the conference. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And and I'm gonna start out here, Jay, with the banner moment here. And I want to go with just the fact that for this brief moment, because as of right now, IU being nine and one, the conference, we're a half game in first place over everybody else, statistically a tie with Iowa. But right now, that was a huge win. This has been a huge stretch for the Hoosiers as they've come through this stretch, as they showed on the TV, the last three games now. Uh, against ranked opponents and have gone and four of the last five, and they are now six and zero, I believe, against the AP top twenty-five. So for this brief moment, though, the banner moment is IU in sole possession of first place by half a game in the Big Ten conference standings at nine and one. And they will hold that at least until Iowa plays again, I believe, on Saturday. So, our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. Their new Indiana designs have been a big hit. So, whether you want IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with the team, Homefield probably has something for you. Go to Homefield Apparel and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, we're going to take it over to Jay, and let's get Jay's thoughts on the game tonight.
1: Coach Marlo, uh first of all, thanks for having me. Love, love being here with you. Um, always appreciate everything that you guys are doing over here. on doing the work. Um, you know, I, I get to contribute on Assembly Call every now and again with my with my terrible questions and some over-unders and stuff like that. But I uh, appreciate the invite to be here on uh, a great night for the Indiana women's basketball program. Uh, for the university in general. I mean, the, the crowd at Assembly Hall tonight was incredible. i um, jealous of everybody who got to be there tonight. Um, I thought the blackout looked good on TV. Um, and, you know, it's just seeing so much for, uh, support for the program is is awesome. So congrats to everybody involved in that. Um, if anybody in the chat was there at the game, make sure it drops a line. Let us know how it was and uh, the atmosphere in the building. Um, would would love to hear about that um you know it's 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 great to see a team performance like this um you know we you know we were texting back and forth during the game i think some of the guard play in the first half um worried us a little bit you know we saw Ohio state with their press um was able to speed us up kind of outside of our comfort zone we were we were forcing some stuff um our our um you know our guards were kind of maybe maybe taking some shots they shouldn't and mckenzie really settled us down Got some buckets around the basket, um, and allowed our guards really to settle in. It, and in the second half, when Ohio State started to collapse, um, they made plays. And so, you know, it was really a team effort from start to finish. Um, people picking up where others left off at, at certain points in the game, and just, you know, very, very happy with and very proud of the program where they are today. Um, and uh, happy, happy to be here and talk to you about it.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned we were testing back and forth and I think we were both just kind of, you know, just couldn't really believe the the first half where McKenzie and Yarden really carried the carried the load and how how badly the wings at least shooting the ball. I thought they were still showing some good hustle, but they were just really struggling to shoot the ball. And and I was I would love to have been a fly on the wall at halftime just to hear. I highly doubt Coach Morin was you know going going you know after him or anything. But I just would really love to hear what she said to him and what kind of what the adjustments they talked about as they came out for the third quarter and 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 really sparked that run. And we'll get to the run in a little bit. But um, I just thought wanted to take you a second real quick. I know we'll talk a little bit, but just what do you think of Yardin Garzon tonight? I mean. Garzon's play, I mean, she was the
1: one, you know, one perimeter player who I think who played okay in the first half, but, you know, her play in the second half, especially in that third quarter, um, you know, she, there was a, there was a time when we were down, um, I think it was 38, 37, something, or I think 38, 35-ish, or 38, 34, where she steps up, makes a big three, and I think that really sparked our guards um, to really get things going, and I, and I think not long after that, I, I, I think uh, um, Chloe uh, Morgan-Neal got involved, and, some of the other guards really stepped up and started making plays and so I think just the confidence to see a shot go in from the perimeter it can be a big deal for everybody, you know in the first half I think everybody kind of really struggled. Not only to take open shots but to make open shots um, and they were just so reliant on, on homes underneath and once you start once you see one ball go in, it can be a confidence booster for everybody on the floor.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and and I I was about ready to text you that I thought it was really going to be kind of a a slugfest to the very end, and then IU goes off on that seventeen to nothing run in in the third quarter, and that really was where the game was. Even though Ohio State made a nice run in the fourth quarter, just you know, but I, I want to get your opinion. Just it's interesting because they were struggling offensively up until the third quarter, but the defense, even though they'd given up thirty six in the first half, the defense really hadn't played too bad.
1: Yeah, and you know, it was. I think the half-court defense was good all night. I mean, I think the biggest issue in the first half was the turnovers, and we were giving up live ball mm. turnovers. Ohio State was getting runouts, and they were getting they were getting buckets to the basket very easily. I think I think I have it at the you know 14 minutes into the game, IU had eight turnovers, and they finished with I think 12, one of which was the last the last possession shot clock violation. So they finished with 11 turnovers eight of which were in the first 14 or 15 minutes of the game. And that led to a ton of Ohio State run-out points. And once those stopped, the Ohio State offense really struggled to score against our half-court defense. And, you know, a lot of credit – I think, you know, a lot of that is the offense settling down too. I think in that first 15 minutes we were forcing a lot. Ohio State really succeeded at speeding us up. And once we settled into the game, you know, and, I, and I'm sure there were there were comments in the huddle about, you know, hey, guys, settle down. You know we're we're as good as these guys. They're not playing us off the court. Just settle down and quit beating yourself. And once they did that, Ohio State just really couldn't. They really couldn't hang in the half court with us.
0: No, and and I agree with that. And I thought maybe even just a little bit in the first first half, some of their the 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 shots that they had at the rim that they just didn't finish could have really been a huge part of of swinging some of the momentum a little bit earlier. Because I I really felt like we left some points there against the press. And then the second half, they didn't that second half. They, when they broke the pressure down and got layups, they made them um, and from that standpoint. So um, let's go to kind of talk about Jay. We'll go to what's, you know, how did the play, what, what Kathy and I call as expected here from what you've seen of the Hoosiers this year, what kind of went as expected for the Hoosiers tonight?
1: I mean, it's Mackenzie Holmes. I mean, she's, she is in that first half, you know, we were, I was making some jokes back in our text thread about this I've seen this I've seen this where you have a bunch of guards that are struggling to score and then you have a, somebody who's dominating the paint and uh, scoring around the basket. Um, and that's what it's, that's what it felt like in the first half when McKenzie, I think, had 18 in the first half um, out of our 32 and everybody else was struggling. But when they got it to her, she scored. Um, and so and in in, once we got to the second half, Ohio State definitely changed up their coverage. They started dropping on everything. And McKenzie made the smart plays, the guards made the smart plays, they've made open shots. And so, but what it comes down to me for is that when this team, when, when you know, maybe everything else is going wrong, you have McKenzie Holmes to fall back on, she gets buckets, she gets stopped, she protects the rim on the other end. And she kind of feeds, you know, she feeds this team uh, making successful plays on both ends of the court, even when everybody else is struggling.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to kind of go to the other t- on the uh, to a different player there as well. It was Sydney Parish, and, and I would have thought if we would have talked at halftime, if we would have done a halftime show, I would have just I test. I would have told you I didn't think Sydney played very well in the first half but she had six rebounds. She finished with 11 rebounds. In fact, she had the high number of rebounds. And now she was the leading rebounder with 11. And, and coach Morin said this a couple of weeks ago about Sydney is, it, and I don't know how, if some of our, our, our watchers and some of the people in, in the the chat, the workaholics got to see us. I saw it on Twitter. There was a little bit of a, I, I can't remember if it was uh, the NCAA feed or the big 10 feed had, had, had Sydney mic'd up in practice. They were kind of following her through practice, talking, you know, listening to her talking stuff. But, um, But there's a lot of talk, you know, Sydney, you know, she, you know, her, her, her makeup, her, even coach Morton said this, you you see the hair, you see the makeup, you see the nails and you kind of think, you know, she's a girly girly, but she's a competitor. And she really, I thought in the second half was one that I thought maybe at halftime, you kind of looked in the mirror and was like, even though she'd had the six rebounds, she hadn't hit a shot, she hadn't scored. And so I think maybe she was ones like, I can play better. I got to do better. And she came out and I thought she played even better in the second half, obviously hit some shots, but she's just one of those that always seems to be in the right place at the right time. I really, I liked to watch her play in high school, just really a good IQ. You mentioned in our text, how she drew that fifth foul on McMahon, which I thought was a big play, even though it probably wasn't going to determine win or loss, but to get McMahon out of the game, I thought was a big play for us. And Sydney, as you said, really baited the freshman into a foul there. So what do you think about Sydney's play tonight?
1: I, she's a dog. I mean, like she does all the little stuff and it, it doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, but she, she filled the stat sheet today with, you know, 12 points, 11 boards, four assists. Um, she picked up two early fouls, but she only finished with, uh, what was it? Uh, she finished with four fouls, so but stayed in the game. Um, she had a steal. She had a block. Uh, she does all the little stuff. Um, and she's not, she's not afraid to shoot. She's never afraid to shoot. She's very confident in how she plays. And I feel like she really is kind of that, that leader on the floor that, uh, and very outspoken, too. Um, and she plays very intelligent basketball and is, is never lacking in confidence, anything on the floor. The, the, the play where she fouled out McMahon was was just so smart because she's been cutting across all day. She's cut She cuts to the corner and looks for a shot. She cuts across and then just stops at the block. And McMahon, who thinks she's going, going towards the corner, just runs her over. And it's an obvious foul. But it's it's a it's a play where you have a you have a freshman trying to guard a senior, and the senior just completely outsmarts them. I have no idea if that was a play to get Sydney a post. I'm guessing it wasn't. I'm guessing she just read it and just let McMahon run her over, and then she gets to the line. But um, just an just an incredible game all around by by Sydney. If we had a Hoosier Hustle Award, she she'd get my she'd get that award for for the women tonight. I think um, everything she did um, outside of you know, the, and she still had twelve points, but everything she did on the court, I think, was incredibly meaningful
0: to this one tonight. yeah and the last thing i'm going to bring up here is and and i want your i want to get your opinion as well is it, this is a team that i think all of our fans really need to enjoy just because not only are they good not only are they having a, a season and they're having a very good run and i expect the run to actually continue now will they be necessarily 19 and 1 a year from now, we'll have to wait and see with that, but this team felt when, when, Ohio state made that run in the second quarter and got up, you know, 27, uh, 27, 23, and it looked like maybe really going to kind of extend that lead out. This team didn't panic. You didn't see anybody out there starting to look at each other, pointing fingers, anything like that. You've got veteran leadership. As you mentioned, Sydney's a leader coming in this year. You've got Grace Berger, who I, I, I'm i going to wait and talk a little bit more about grace per se in a little bit, but Grace Berger to me is just the ultimate leader on a team that you want to have. If you want to have a winning team, McKenzie's been around for a while. So, you know, I, I just, when I was watching their body language, it, it, there was no panic. There was no, there was nothing in their, in, in their actions. It was like, Oh, Oh my goodness, we, we're getting in trouble. Nope. They're gonna keep to the game plan. They're gonna keep doing. They'll make some adjustments and they're probably telling each other we got to do a little better. But there was nothing, none of that bad body language you might see from a team that did that, that lacks leadership.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, as you mentioned, there was that time in the second quarter, and I think I wrote it down, it was about two two minutes, 30 seconds left. I think Ohio State was up 3528. And we took Holmes out. Holmes had just gotten another foul. I think she got got her second foul. Ohio state started They went to a little matchup zone. And I think it was really the only time they played it during the game. They played a little matchup zone and um, there was a, a missed shot by IU and uh, Meester got the rebound, got fouled, made two free throws, you know, cut it to 35, 30. And then we get in the half at 36, 32 with a, just, I feel like we had a little bit of momentum there, but it's, it's plays like that that kind of can make a difference and, and turn, turn the course of the game. And, uh, this team just has full of players that are able to do that. I mean, we haven't, we haven't mentioned Garzana yet, which she just was incredible in the third quarter. And and I'm sure we'll talk about her at some point here when we talk about the run, but um, she, you know, she kind of kept us close and, uh, in the, and with some plays in the first half too. Apparently she ended up with 10 rebounds too, which I didn't realize, um, which is an incredible double, double from her too. Um, but it was that point in the second quarter when you're, you're kind of looking around with Holmes out of the game wondering who who's gonna who's gonna make a play. And we had some 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 women really step up and keep us in this game to the point where we can make that run in the third quarter.
0: Yeah. And so let's move on to our surprises. And I want to talk that's this is where I want to talk about the run a little bit, Jay. Great lead in here because I didn't think either team would have the type of run we saw from IU tonight. I love this team. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we did. But in a matchup between basically two top five teams, I would never have imagined either team going on a deep double-digit run of 15 nothing, 14 nothing. And we ended up on a 17 nothing run. We, at one point, it was 23 to three. It was a 27 to six quarter. Uh, uh, that's a, That surprised me just because of how, of the quality of the opponent we were playing. But I want to throw it back to you because I really, I agree with you. I really thought Yarden Garzon got us kickstarted on that. I want to get some more thoughts from you about Yarden. Yeah.
1: So I, I have it written down. It was 38, 34. Um, uh, Grace, Grace penetrates, kicks to Garzon. She makes a three. We come down. I think there's six six-minute six point in the third quarter. And uh, Ohio State gets a foul. They miss both free throws. And then uh, we we uh, immediately transition off of that. Chloe Moore, Moore-McNeil gets her first basket of the game. She really struggled in the first half. Gets her first basket, which is an and one. Uh, at that point, it gets up to an 8-0 run. You know, coming down the court again, we deflect the pass. All of a sudden, Sydney makes a three. It's 43-38 IU. Next possession down, Garzon makes a three next position down, Garzon makes a three, next position down, steals stealing layup. So, it's, it, you know, it's just things like that where it, just a little thing where, you know, Grace makes good play, Garzon hits a three, all of a sudden they miss two free throws and we're running, you know, we're off and running. They keep, they start turning it over, the crowd is going crazy. And I think the crowd, you know, the crowd made a big difference in this game. Uh, you know, whatever you want to say about it, they're playing in assembly hall in front of 10,000, 10,500 people. Is going to cause a lot of issues for a team, and it seems like the crowd really affected the third quarter, and you know, really turned that run into, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a six, seven, eight point run, and the crowd extended it with the great play of the girls, the women, to to get it out to a seventeen point run. Uh, again, you know, it's going on a seventeen point run against the number two or five or whatever you want to call a team in the country. Not something you ever expect, but IU just executed extremely well. They got open shots, they made them and really
0: just made Ohio State pay for their mistakes. Yeah, and, and kind of the flip side of that, the surprise was, I can, I texted you at halftime, outside of Yarden and McKenzie, uh, we were one for 13 in the first half. Grace had the only bucket outside of those two, and there, you know, everybody else was struggling. And, and that surprised me, because there have been times when we've struggled to hit threes this year, and, and usually one or two players. But that kind of collective struggle hitting open shots in the first half was a little bit surprising. And and I want, you know, and this is where I think I'll throw in Grace Berger a little bit as well, not so much because she's a surprise, but just I thought is part of that surprise in the run was Grace didn't have to score. Grace just being on the floor, Grace being the leader she is, as you talked about, at least two of those plays were assists that Grace Berger had in that run. And because she got, especially on that one, the first one, I think to Garzon, where she got in the middle of the lane, the defense collapsed to her. She throws a left-handed pass out one-handed left-handed pass out to the corner for the three right there in front of the bench. And it wasn't a bad pass. It wasn't one of those where Yarden had to go get it. It was right in the shooting pocket. And all Yarden had to do was basically go right into her motion and shoot it. And so I, I just think that, that that is really shows, you know, I knew this about Grace anyway, but it, with talking with her last year, she's not too worried about her stats, her individual stats. All she's worried about is winning. So she's going to do. And then you saw that in the fourth quarter where she's just going to do, you know, she hit a couple big shots because it was like, hey, it's winning time. This is what I do. And 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 so that to me to see her kind of struggle in the first half was a little bit of a surprise. Because I felt I, I almost wonder to a certain degree, Jay, and I kind of want your thoughts on this. Almost like they, do you feel like to a certain degree the crowd being so hyped before the game and early, where they maybe even a little overhyped? I remember playing that when you had a good crowd. Sometimes that crowd almost got you overhyped. No, absolutely,
1: and, and I and I think I think that's you know that can be expected to a certain extent. It's a huge game. I mean, they've been. I mean, everybody's been hiding this game up all week. Um, you know, you have, you have, you know, previously undefeated, but a one loss team that's top five in the country coming in and, you know, you think you're better than them. So you want to show that you're better than them and the crowd's going crazy. It's a huge crowd. And, you know, you come out, a little you come out a little over energetic, you start forcing things a little bit. And, then, and I think that was pretty clear from, uh, from like more McNeil in the first half and, and uh, you know, and and Grace a little bit too, and and Sydney, and I think there was just there was some clear, just kind of you're trying to make a play because you want to keep the crowd going, so you start forcing a little bit, especially when Ohio State's really they're only they're really trying to speed you up, and so mm-hmm. and when you kind of feed into that, those things can kind of perpetuate themselves, and then you get into issues. But you know, all credit to the coaching staff to get everybody to settle down. I mean, because. It, it could have gotten out of hand when when Ohio State was going on some runs. You know, in the first quarter, Ohio State got out to a little lead. IU settles down. We bring it back to a one-point deficit after the first quarter. Same, same thing happened in the second quarter. Ohio State gets out to a little lead. IU is able to kind of get it back within four at halftime. And then you see what happens in the third quarter, um, and then we're off and running from there. But I completely agree, Coach, about, you know, sometimes it's 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 easy to get overhyped, um, especially when you're playing in front of this many this many people that are going absolutely bonkers for hours
0: before the game. Yeah, and and uh, kudos to the crowd for showing up tonight. Another record crowd, regular season record crowd. I believe it was 10,455 was the number tonight. Um, uh, I do have it here if, if I want to look it up real quick instead of trying to guess. The attendance was yeah ten thousand four hundred fifty five, and I saw a couple things on Twitter and, and we've seen a couple things here in the chat with the workaholics that people who were there and talking just talking about how loud it was and let's see if we can break that record again and, you know whether it's Sunday or a, a game here in the future let's see if we can get another record crowd into assembly hall or or keep breaking records as we go along the, the the late the the women have earned the the backing and, and they are a fun team to watch so Jay I'm also going to throw it to you here let's go inside the numbers a little bit and I'll let you pick out a team stat here that you felt was maybe a key
1: yeah, and, and you know, I've already mentioned it briefly, but you know, the, the turnover number. When you have eight turnovers in the first, you know, fourteen minutes of a game, that can really get away from you. Um, and the, the maturity uh, and the and the adjustments made by IU to really slow it down, um, because they were, they were they were they were always breaking the press. With none of the, none of the turnovers were forced by the press. Um, so many turnovers happened after they broke the press. And they were forcing shots or forcing uh, penetration when it wasn't there. And so once they were able to settle down and realize, hey, we can break this press with no issue, and then we can get into our flow, get into our offense, run our sets, and they can't really stick with us in the half court because they either have to choose. They can either choose to get beat by McKenzie inside, or they can everything can collapse on McKenzie when they're trying to, to uh, deny the post or – you know, guard her when she catches and we're going to have wide open shooters on the wings. So um, I think that part was that part was huge. Um, and, you know, it, it just it was just one of those things where um, it just shows the maturity of the team because you look across the numbers. I mean, you know, IU is only six for 21 from three. Um, you know, it's like they 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 got uh, the re- rebounding uh, numbers were even. Um, one thing that sticks out is that IU had 21 assists and uh, Ohio State had eight. So you know, once they got into that that half court offense, quit turning it over. They found the open shooter. They found the open person in the lane. They found the cutter, and they made the right play. Uh, and that, and that's what really comes back to this: this team continuously makes the right play. Uh, you know, maybe somebody misses an sh- open shot or something like that, but when this team um, runs their sets and runs and runs their offense, they make the right play consistently. Um, and you know, it's, that's why it's
0: so hard to beat them. Yeah. And I think if we've talked at the halftime, yeah, if we've done a halftime show, we've been talking totally different about this, but I was surprised as you started talking about that, I looked it up. IU won the points off the turnover battle, 17 to 11. They, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the stats here. And then the fast break points were 20 to 9. So we felt like the pace was really maybe getting away from us, and we end up, you know, plus there. I'm going to talk about a couple of things real quick on the team before I throw it back to you. And that was second-half shooting percentages. Indiana shot 52% from the field in the second half. We held Ohio State to 30%. And to me, that was the key because the first half, it was kind of opposite. Ohio State shot 47%. We shot 39%. And I thought that shooting, our shooting and our defensive field goal percentage were two numbers I really wanted to point out there that kind of, because I I really thought, and I saw this in the workaholic, you and I talked a little bit about in the text back and forth. Uh, The defense really got locked in in the third quarter. And that may have been the big emphasis at halftime to really try and tighten up the defensive end. And I really felt that, you know, that showed up there in the shooting numbers. Is there anything else on the team side you wanted to mention? Or we can also go on to individuals if you want to go that way.
1: I was I was shocked because you said that Ohio State finished with eleven points off turnovers, and uh, you texted me at exactly nine o'clock and said Ohio State has eleven points off turnovers.
0: Yep.
1: So, <laughs> so um, uh, i it, it's it's wild. The last uh, you know it, and that and it's probably when it stopped when they had you know, the fourteen minutes into the, into the game or whatever it was. Um, and we just quit turning the ball over, especially, you know, and that's, we, we just, we had so many live ball turnovers and that's what kills you. Yep. You know, if, especially against it's a team that's as athletic and as fast as Ohio state is, if you're turning the ball over in live situations, they're going to get runouts. They're going to get easy buckets. Once we eliminated that, um, Ohio state really struggled to find offense.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I was going to point out too, uh, with that in my head at the half, it was 11 to two. Ohio state led 11 to two and point points off turnovers. That means it was 15 to nothing in the second half. So that's just amazing. So again, I'll throw it back to you, any individual, or we can go multiple individuals here, but I'll let you start out with an individual you want to talk about here numbers wise.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, I mean, we, we, we can talk about McKenzie for, you know, every day, every day till Sunday and, and talk about how awesome she is and how much, yeah, she was 11 for 13 from the floor. Um, and 26 points, and, and, you know, four rebounds, and um, and just really dominated the paint, and, you know, so much of that, you know, she had 18 in the first half, and Ohio State really made a point of trying to take her out of the game in the second half, and that's when, and that's when Garzon stepped up, and she was phenomenal in the, in the third quarter, um, and, she, you know, she, when you, if, if Ohio State, you know, decides that they're not going to let, they're not going to let Mackenzie Holmes beat them, you need, you're going to need somebody to step up and make plays. And our guard perimeter players really did that, you know, whether it was Grace making the right pass or, um, or, or Sydney doing the little things, um, and Sydney hit a three in that run too, but Garzon really, I think she scored 11, of 11 points in that 17 point run or something like that, um, or at least she scored 11 in the, in the 23 to three run, I know. Um, and so I think she really, that firepower is something that I think I think um, Indiana teams, Indiana women's teams have kind of missed in the past. You know, uh, you're, you, they were so reliant, you know, on Grace and McKenzie uh, in the last few years. Now we have, you know, Sydney can get hot, Garzon can get hot, um, Scotty can get hot. So there's just so many other options now, uh, people that can step up and make shots, get buckets. Um, and so, yeah, those uh, Garzon being... Keep really key being the key to that run in the third quarter would would be my go-to on that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to kind of go on the other side of that and, uh, and uh, on a positive note. We held Cody McMahon to three points in the second half. Twenty, She had 18 at the half. She finishes with 21. Now, part of that, she also got in some foul trouble. But I thought they did a couple of possessions, and they, I only saw it on a couple of possessions. But I also think one of the adjustments they made at halftime, you and I were talking about this in the text, that McMahon was just spinning and getting into the lane, and it was really not getting any contested uh, defense after she would make the spin move. And there were a couple of times there in the second half where – the defender didn't go for kind of the first initial move to the one direction. And, and that's what McMahon wants to do. We used to see that from one of the teams up here. And we'd scouted that and saw that all their players wanted to just take one step, one dribble, get you going the way, certain way. And then they were going to spin back to where they really wanted to be. And McMahon, I think, was doing that quite a bit tonight. And they made the adjustment. I saw it twice. First time was with Grace Berger. Grace came and doubled her. They, they didn't go for the first little move and grace came to be there on the spin move. And, and it surprised McMahon, she traveled and, and, and turned it over. And the second time, I think she put, ended up kind of forcing up a shot that wasn't a good shot. And, and we got the rebound. So I remember two distinct times where we kind of, where we, we made, and so that to me was a halftime adjustment that they had made from that standpoint. I also want to kind of point out the numbers here and, and, and see what you think as well. Uh, at halftime, Chloe, Sydney, and Grace had combined for three points in the second half. They combined for uh, twenty-five. Th- those three combined for twenty-five points to kind of go with your your part about the outside players had to step up if we were going to win tonight. And you know, after McKenzie played so well in the second half, or excuse me, in the first half, and, I, and and they did, and and everything, you know, just again another total team effort.
1: Absolutely, the guard play was the premier players really set them in the second half when they had to. Yeah. Ohio state, you know, the only reason we were, we were in the game at halftime was McKenzie had 18, you know, and they, yep. so they went into halftime and said, we cannot let that happen again. Um, and so they didn't, you know, they, they took away every, they were, they were almost to the point of they they were doubling McKenzie before the catch. I mean, they were fading everybody towards her. They were not going to let her catch the ball. If they did let her, if if she did catch it, they were going to collapse. And we had wide open, so we had wide open perimeter players, and they stepped up and made shots. Um, and, mm-hmm. and going back to your your comments about McMahon, um, let's let's not forget about uh, Mike Mike Sell or Mike Sell. Um, you know, a twenty one scores twenty one a game. You know, she scores fifteen tonight, but it took her seventeen shots. She was one of yep. five from three, and Ohio State was only three of fifteen from three um, total. You know, I, and I think that you know, I think they kind of missed some open shots in the first half, but the, in general, the defense was, was really good on them. You know, we didn't, we didn't give them a ton of, we didn't give them a ton of open looks, you know, some of the stuff they got were just very athletic, getting, getting into the lane, getting layups and getting stuff, getting uh, creative around the room and doing stuff like that. But even Mike Sell, you know, I feel like we made her work very yes. hard for that 15 points. I mean, she hit step backs. She was doing, she was trying everything she could to get, to get shots off. And she was still seven of 17 from the field. So um, I think the defense, our perimeter defense was very good. Um, and, you know, once we got them out of transition, the offensive transition, I, again, I think they just really struggled to score. And again, and then, and that kind of goes back to the, the play of our perimeter players. Um, you know, even in the first half when, when they were struggling, I think they still guarded well, they competed hard, um, especially in the half court. And then once we turn this into a half court game, you know, I think, uh, I think our half court, I, I think we're just a better team in the half court.
0: Well, the other thing was the big girl. I I, I'm not. I, I don't want to say her name because I'm just Mikulosikova. I'm going to butcher so bad I've, I apologize to the kid because I, I, I don't know how to say it well. But the big girl was coming in averaging almost 18 a game tonight, and we held her to three. And yeah. she only played 17 minutes. She got in some foul trouble. But I also think that they felt like they were really struggling to guard in the second half once we started hitting. And I, if you're the Ohio State staff, I can't blame them. After that first half, I would have been like, pack everything in and make them hit something. And, and our players stepped up and made shots. Um, so with that, when you, when you look at it, Sydney ended up four for nine, Grayson ended up four for nine. Chloe still struggled to hit shots, but she, she made other plays. She made winning plays as well. So that was what I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned about that. Uh, anything else on the numbers you want to talk about? I think, I think we covered it. All right. Uh, Okay, so we do have a game ball here tonight for you, for you, Jay. And I'm going to throw it to you first. And for the people who are watching our live feed on YouTube, you can see the scroll at the bottom right now. This is kind of the female version of if you watch the Assembly Call Post games, where we almost have to, maybe in the future when she graduates, we just have to rename this as like the Mackenzie Holmes game ball. But Mack leads the way right now with 11. But I'm going to throw it to you and see what you think tonight. Who, who gets your game ball?
1: Yeah, as much as I would love it. You know, to give it to, to Garzon, it's got to be Mackenzie Holmes. She kept us in the game in the first half, um, and she really changed. She changed the course of game. You know, if if she struggles in the first half, then I use probably down by 10 or 15. Um, she she carries us through the first half. Ohio State has to make adjustments in the second half to try to take her away, and then everybody else steps up. So it's, it's Mackenzie Holmes, um, and, you know, that's why she's – You know, in all America, she's she's an incredible player and uh, she's carried this she carried this team uh, when grace was out she continues to carry it and uh, she's just you know enjoy her why she's here, Uh, I know we all have and will continue to do so, the rest of the season, but just just an incredible basketball player.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. She shot 11 for 13. She was coming in tonight shooting 67%, which is second in the country. I want to see the kid that's that's shooting a higher percentage than her. I mean, that's 67%, such a high number. Even for Mac, who gets a lot of her shots down low within several feet of the basket, that's still an incredible percentage to shoot 67%. And she upped that percentage tonight. So yeah, I'm with you. She didn't maybe hit rebound as well tonight. Um, she got pulled away. That was one of the things I thought Ohio State did a little bit better in the first half than they did the second half. They were able to kind of pull her out from the basket and force her to guard a little bit, which probably took away some of, some of the rebounding opportunities she might have had normally with that. But yeah, I'm with you. And, and I will say this. I think everybody just assumes that the player of the year in the league is going to be Caitlin Clark. And Caitlin Clark is a great player, but McKenzie at least has, there has to be a discussion there. there has to be a discussion at least about McKenzie Holmes and Caitlin Clark. And it may very well come down to who wins the league as well. You know, and, and, and because, you know, I hate to say it that way, but I think that sometimes voters do look at that. They, they want to look at, you know, where you finish or if it came down to those two teams at the end, but yeah, Caitlin's a special player. Don't get me wrong, but McKenzie Holmes should be in it it should be at least at this point kind of an even conversation about who the player of the player of the year in the league is because they're both doing outstanding things. So, Mackenzie gets our game ball, that's her 12th game ball of the year uh here on doing the work and then we'll throw it to Jay and see what he thinks about the hustle award and in our hustle award similar to what he sees sometimes on assembly call. We've had several players win this the 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 hustle award for us and Chloe Moore McNeil right now it leads the way with five and a half. We've had a couple times this year with Kathy and I, where we've split the award, but I'm going to throw it over to you, Jay and see who you had for the Hoosier hustle award.
1: Yeah. And this is tough, but I'm going to go with Sydney. Um, I think we talked about her earlier, you know, she didn't have her offensive game going in the first half, but, and, you know, I'll have to say, as you mentioned, work to pull uh, McKenzie away from the basket, but Sydney was in there getting rebounds. I mean, you know, she's, she's a perimeter player but she was battling underneath the basket. She got rebounds and she would push the ball off the rebounds. Um, You know, 10 defensive rebounds for for Sydney uh, to go along with four assists. She had a block and a steal. Um, You know, I think everything she did was just through pure determination and grit. I think she'd be the first person to tell you that she wouldn't be happy with, you know, how she shot the ball today. You know, she was one of five from three on, you know, on, on open and majority open looks. But she did not let that get into her head. You know, sometimes if you see somebody who's a a good shooter, a good scorer, they miss some shots, it can take them out of the game. Um, You know, that did not happen with Sydney. She doubled down. She went in. She went below the basket, got boards, and turned those into positives uh, on the offensive end for IU. So it's got to be Sydney for me.
0: Yeah, and that was who I had as well. Especially, I really felt the second half was kind of the determinant for me of who was going to get the hustle award. And and again, we could have gone maybe a couple different directions. I think Chloe could get some consideration here. I think Grace could get some consideration. But I thought I, I agreed with you, and especially after I kind of saw the first half and kind of went back and looked at it over my mind with the stats. Other than scoring, Sydney didn't play all that badly in the first half. And she, again, there were some get times there in the second half, she just makes winning plays. And, and, and I, that, I, that can be said of a, a lot of them, but there's just a certain, uh, like I said, an IQ there that she brings to the floor that just, I think really has kind of helped this team get to a little higher ceiling and a little higher floor than maybe even they had last year with, with the group we had. So we're gonna, we're gonna give Sydney our, our hustle award that makes her She now has four and a half, which puts her into – or keeps her in second place uh, on the Hustle Award for the year here on doing the work. I'm going to have to
1: blame Kathy for these half balls. I I don't agree with this kind of stuff. I mean (laughs) –
0: She'll be glad to hear that. Problem <laughs> when you—that's sometimes the only problem you have when you only got two people, and and sometimes workaholics will be about as split as we are. So it's sometimes it's hard to make the get the get the workaholics. So Jay, I, I think this is one of those where uh, talking the there night with um, Andy Bottoms who joined me after the Michigan game. When you're 19 and one, and you're nine and one in the league, and we talk about lingering questions, we're going to sound like we're nitpicking, but um th- that's what the segment's called is lingering questions but is there anything that that real that you saw tonight that you know you're that you're thinking we got to tighten that up a little bit or that's something that maybe somebody else might be able to take advantage of of us down the line uh,
1: you, you know it, as you mentioned it's tough you know it, it, this is a this is an incredibly good team it's it's well put together um i feel like everybody plays plays her role very well um and so but there aren't off days in this conference. This this is a loaded conference with a bunch of top 10, 15 teams that you're going to have to earn it. And they, right now they're continuing to earn it. You know, they've, I think they've, they've beaten six teams in the top 25, I think it is, but that's not, the schedule's not going to get any easier. Um, and so not that I think they would get, they wouldn't you know, start reading their own press clippings like or anything like that. But, you know, you got to come out every day, you know, every game, like, like you're the underdog, um, this and this program has been the underdog for so long, you know, so it was it was very easy to, for this program to say for a long time that nobody respects you. Um, you know, you're you're the underdog, you have to come and improve that you belong on this court. It's not the case anymore. People are going to say that when they when they play IU um, that, you know, they expect IU to be now a, a top a top team in the country. So, um, you know, keeping a level head and, and continuing to grind when maybe you don't think you have to every day. I think is is the big thing, um, and I I don't expect any any less of these ladies because they've shown over years that they're able to do that. Um, but you know it's 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 fun to be along for this ride. You know it's uh you don't you don't you don't get to see this type of sustained success um, in college basketball that often, so um, it's it, it's good to see. And uh, you know other than that, not a lot of questions you can ask about this program right now
0: no right now as i said when you're 19 and one and nine and one in the league it, it like i said it, it really almost comes across as nitpicking and we're trying not to nitpick on i i'm just more along the line kind of like you said it's just every game's got you got to be ready and and i think this team will be ready but like you talked about this is a team and having talked with grace a little bit last year when we were doing the show with her that I think even last year they started to understand this. That they realize that there's a target on them now. That they they are the hunted. They 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 aren't the hunter so much anymore. As the the roles have reversed. And and I think that the coach Moore and the staff, the leadership on the team, um, with the kids, especially the veteran kids. And there are a lot of veterans here who who remember what it was like when they were the hunter but now we have to realize that teams, you know, for some of these teams, for example, Rutgers coming in on Sunday, uh, if Rutgers could, could somehow come in and win at assembly hall, that makes their season, you know, and we've become that kind of game where we can kind of make somebody season that they can look back at the end of the year and be like, we beat Indiana. And, and and I think that's something that they, they know and they're going to take care of with their mentality, their work ethic um, as Terry Moran always says, do the work, but, um, I, 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 again, I really don't right now have any lingering questions. Everybody's about as healthy as we can get, and we want to keep it that way. But it just, it's just fun to watch. And I want to see how much longer we just kind of keep it going. Like you said, every night in the league is a tough game. And, and, and so I don't expect them to run the table from here on out, but I, I really am excited to watch them as they go through here and, and take on this. Part of it. And speaking of our next opponent, it is Rutgers uh, on Sunday. And if I can find my spot here, Uh, there we go. There we go. Uh, that game is at two o'clock Eastern, one central on Sunday. That game, unfortunately, for those of us who uh, like to watch the Hoosiers, it'll be on BTN Plus, Big Ten Plus. Uh, so, unless you have, you know, hopefully, you know, if you have your pay subscription to watch it, on BTN Plus. We should be getting toward the end of those. I think once we get to February, almost every game gets to either BTN, uh, regular Big Ten Network, or even ESPN or Fox. Uh, the all time series is tied six to six, including two two to two in Bloomington. IU has won the last three in a row and six of the last 10, uh, including a 66 54 victory at the Big Ten tournament last year. Uh, Rutgers comes in, uh, they were playing tonight against Penn State, they were leading, I did not see the final score before we started our show, but they were coming in tonight 8-13 overall, 2-7 and seven in the league, Um, they're averaging only 63.6 points per game. They're 13th in the Big Ten in scoring. They give up 72 points a game, which is also 13th in the Big Ten. And they are minus 6.9 in turnover margin, which is worse than the Big Ten. So you can see why they've been struggling a little bit. Uh, They're only shooting 41% from the field, and that includes 34% from three. But they have held opponents to 41% shooting and 33% from three. They're led in scoring by a freshman, Kayleen Smickley, uh, with 17.3 points per game. That's ninth in the Big Ten. She is this past week, this current week's uh, freshman of the week. China Cornwell, 6'3", junior, leads them at rebounding. And they have a new coach. Coquise Washington is in her first year as the head coach of the Scarlet Knights. She previously coached at Penn State for 12 years from 2007 to 2019. She was 209 and 169 at Penn State, including 98 and 107 in the Big Ten as well. So a couple of programming notes, assembly call will be on Saturday night after the Ohio state men's game with their post game show. Also be sure to catch and subscribe to the next episode of Crimson cast, which is part of our Net home, back home network family. And our next show will be Sunday, the 29th live after the Rutgers game at approximately three o'clock Eastern and two central. And so let's go last call here. And Jay, what's on your mind as we wrap things up?
1: Yeah, Coach. Um, I mean, again, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk talk with you about this amazing team. Um, you know, they're they're so much fun to watch. They're, uh, you know, it's it's great to see. First of all, it's great to see the Big Ten Conference have so many great women's teams. Um, so they can there can be games like these, a matchup of two top six teams or whatever you want to call it. Um, and to have the IU women's program be a part of that is is fantastic. So uh, just just the where the program's built itself into. The support that they continue to get from from the IU fan base, uh, the crowd seemed amazing tonight. Uh, from the chat, I've been trying to follow along. It looks like everybody there maybe have some ears ringing and some uh, some voices that might be going out. So um, it it sounds like it was an amazing atmosphere. It seemed like it was on TV, and so just just having that um, having that as a part of the IU sports family is, is fantastic. So um, happy to be here. Happy to talk about women's basketball anytime you'll have me. And uh, just just so just so proud of the the coach Moore and everything she's done and the women that are on the floor uh, uh, tonight so um, again thanks again, and uh, you know let's let's keep rolling.
0: Yeah, I want to thank you for stepping in and helping us out tonight. Glad to have you. We'll be be very happy to have you in the back. I should have mentioned at the top Amanda Foster from Inside the Hall was supposed to be with us as we had kind of publicized that, but Amanda woke up this morning with a sore throat, wasn't feeling the best, so she thought better not to come on, and Jay was able to come in here and help us out tonight, and we really want to thank Jay for joining us as well. And and, and I want to one thing, I was watching the chat, Jay, sounds like some of them are kind of getting a slow crawl out of the parking lot. (laughs) I'm not sure uh, I WPD or Bloomington PD was, is, is used to such large crowds at the women's game because it doesn't sound like there was anybody directing traffic out of the parking lot at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, just to watch where this program has come in the time that Terry Morn has been the head coach, uh, I, I, I like Terry. And I, and I for those who don't know, uh, I've known Terry, or at least of her. My niece played at Butler in the mid-90s. Um, and Terry was an assistant coach there at the time for June Okowski, so we've kind of known Terry for a while, and I always thought Terry would be a good coach. I I, I followed her after, as I was coaching. I kind of followed her career at at University of Indianapolis and Indiana State, but as much as I respect Terry and thought she'd be a good coach, if you had told me that in nine years she would become the winningest coach at Indiana and that this program would go from – at best a mid-level Big Ten team to one of the premier teams in the country, I I, I would have been like, nah, nah, it's going to take longer than that. And, and Terry and her staff have done an outstanding job and let's let's enjoy it. And and hopefully it'll continue on into the future, obviously, but just enjoy it too right now. And, And I think that's one of the things that we should realize. And, and I also want to shout out to Jared Morris, um, Jared helped us, helped us a little bit tonight. And also I think he's now seven and O since he started wearing his uh, new home field apparel, women's 1983 shirt. So uh, he's going to have to keep wearing it for games. Cause between the men and the women, he's like seven and O now uh, wearing that shirt. So we'll shout out to him here on last call. Yeah, I still, gotten, do, I still haven't gotten my, uh, you know, most
1: recent orders, you know, Jared got the, you know, the preview, the preview shipment. And I'm still waiting on my, you know, home field order. You know, I had to had to cash in, take a second mortgage on my house, but you know, I I bought everything I could, and uh, still still waiting on it. So hopefully, it'll be here. I'll I'll be in I'll be in Bloomington on uh, Saturday all day for the for the men's game. So uh, if you're in Bloomington and want to have a beer, hit me up on Twitter, and we'll 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 grab a beer before the men's game. Hopefully, I'll have some new home field apparel to wear before the.
0: I do want to remind our fans who follow us here on Doing the Work and Assembly Call next Saturday, the fourth, the I believe it is. I'm I'm not looking at the calendar, but the fourth is going to be the assembly call meetup. There'll still be some information to come out about that. But if you don't, even if you can't go to the game, we'll we'll be meeting up someplace after the game and you can get a chance to meet and greet. And for those of you, especially who follow here, only us here on doing the work, we'd be glad to, to hopefully meet you at the meetup as well. And you can, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be a part of our private community as well. Join today at assemblycall.com. I want a special thanks to John Ringer of rig design for designing our new logos. And we try to use that every uh, one of them, every um, episode. And you see one of them up here in the right hand corner, if you're watching on the YouTube feed, also a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music, that you heard throughout the broadcast. Also want to thank everybody for listening and, and watching tonight. We had o- a f- over 100 tonight for for a little bit here in the YouTube feed and I think that might be a record for us. So kudos to everybody who joined us tonight uh after the game to watch here on YouTube and it's thank probably, you it's for listening.
1: Happy wasn't here, Jeff, you know.
0: <laughs> I think they found out you were going to be on Jay. So Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's right. That's what I was. And so you know, we want to thank everybody in the work. I want to thank Jay Horry for coming on with and being with me kind of short notice this evening. We want to thank everybody for listening, wherever you're listening, on your favorite podcast feed. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Sunday after the Rutgers game. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. All right. Thanks, Jay. That was fun, coach. That was fun. I really enjoyed it. We need to have you back again. Hey, I want to ask you a quick question after we go off here. So don't, don't, don't get out of the studio right yeah, away. Yeah, no, no problem. All right. Hey, Hey, want to thank everybody out there. It's been a late night. I had, I was on late, late last night with the guys after the Minnesota game. So The nights are starting to run together, but want to appreciate everybody who was here. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. Bye everybody. See you guys.